The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. to another Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton back with you alongside my girls, Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez. Ladies, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, how are we feeling on this Tuesday? Meh. Meh? Oh, like no. meh. I mean, not all, not completely like meh, but a little bit like meh. I wasn't huh. expecting that energy. Yeah. Well, because it's cold yeah. and all and outside and people can't drive. That's I couldn't fair. find parking today. So Me fair. neither. I yeah. was so mad because of the whole lot closed, yeah. girl. We See? didn't expect that. Aisha calls me and she's like, girl, there's no parking. Where are we going? I was like, I have no idea. Look. Barely learned how to get here without a GPS. <laughs> like, you're asking the wrong girl. So, man. But it's all right. Well, we, no. It's, it's going to turn into a better man. Girl. Girl, let me get your meh to a yeah. Oh, here we because, go. no, 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 the Eagles lost. Oh, let's start with that. I forgot about that. I, I, <laughs> I threw you guys for a little bit of a loop. The Eagles lost, so anytime the Eagles lose, that automatically means it's a great day for not just Cowboys fans, but the rest of the NFL. Yeah, because everybody is sick right of it. Now. Like, they took an L, and I just, yeah, it's a round of applause for the L that the damn, Eagles boy. lost. Really I just love that. I think I woke up so refreshed today, and you know, it was a Taylor Swift ticket day, so also another reason I'm in a great mood. Uh, we are Can't so, bring me down. We are so glad for you, and we are quickly going to transition to that Monday night <laughs> football game. Uh, I am glad that you brought that up, though. Um, before we get to the Monday night game, yeah. I want to uh, take a minute and uh, kind of take the game away from the field. Uh, this morning, a really special event that I was lucky to be a part of, uh, the Dallas Cowboys partnering with the Salvation Army. Once again, they do it every year. Uh, they haven't been able to for the last couple of years because of COVID, but uh, a lot of the players, both rookies and vets, uh, split up at two different locations, and they did an early Thanksgiving dinner uh, for people in need. And I just think it's really important to remind people that uh, these guys have a lot on their plate, and they still take time to be out in the community. But uh, the reason why I bring that up, we we got a chance to obviously speak to some of the players. We spoke to Dak and Zach. Uh, that sounds like a boy band. Yeah, I was Zach. like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> we spoke to Dak. We spoke to Zach um, just about what those type of events really mean to the team. And I thought it was interesting hearing, uh, particularly from Dak Prescott, uh, coming off of that loss to Green Bay. Uh, and one of the things that he mentioned was being able to get back out in the community and do events like that. It really kind of recenters you. You know, mm. a lot of the, the conversation around the Cowboys right now is, oh, they lost or, oh, you know, it's a lot of negative stuff. And he said just being out there, being around people who really value value you for who you are as a person. He said a lot of times you don't think about the impact that it that it makes on the players, but he said it's one of his favorite parts is being impacted uh, by people like that. So I just thought that that little nugget was interesting just to be able to step away from the field and reset. And it kind of feels like that's what this team needs right now. Mm. That loss to Green Bay still feels really sour. Mike McCarthy yesterday, you could tell he was still a little irritated. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were all, it, it just, it still stung a little bit. And so I want to open up our show just talking about that because Mike McCarthy did mention he was asked about a locker room conversation and the energy in the locker room after the game just being really sour. The guys were really quiet. Uh, and he said, you know, what were we supposed to be talking about? But, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just something that he he said in that uh, he said, you know, conflict is important. And so I kind of just want to start there. Jess, I want to go to you first, uh, because I know we talked about a little bit. But uh, I guess how important is it to have those type of conversations in the locker room and to be able to to push through uh, the games like Green Bay that really sting? Yeah, I think having the conversations is obviously a big part of being accountable and holding not just yourself accountable, but your teammates. And I think the Cowboys culture in the locker room allows for that kind of room, that kind of environment to say, hey, I didn't do my job, we didn't do our job, and it's not just necessarily pointing fingers of you didn't do what you were supposed to do, but it's we all collectively didn't do that. So I think holding each other accountable is important, especially, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have the setback and then the comeback to follow. So I, I, I believe this was a reality check for – the Cowboys. I think uh, it, it might have been a little bit of, you know, you, you said this right before, maybe on paper looked like an easy win, and it should have been, right? But then now the Cowboys are in a position where maybe things aren't going to play out necessarily like they thought. But it's important. I think it's, it's very important. And then, like you said, having this event today also puts things in a very different light and a different perspective for them. So I think Mike McCarthy saying, well, what else are we supposed to talk about? It's true. I mean, how many of y'all enjoy losing? Really, how many of y'all enjoy losing? Nobody. But I, I believe when it comes to losing, you have to have those kind of conversations if you want to get better and you have to hold each other accountable and not take it personal at the end of the day, it's a business and they didn't do their job. And of course, if anybody doesn't do their job, you have those conversations. So I think it's important. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> I was locked in. I was like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's that time of year, ladies. It's that time of year in the NFL where, you know, you start saying like, if either you're going to get on a roll right now or you're going to sink. And this is, you know, I think with the Cowboys, you're starting to see um, the lack of consistency on both sides of the ball. Other teams see that, and they think they can battle against that. And so these guys are going to have to counter. I said yesterday they're going to have to look each other in the, in the look themselves in the mirror, but then also look at the gentleman next to them and say like, "I'm I'm playing for you." Like they they have to play with more of a togetherness again. And because in this game in particular, it's like if one thing happens, one bad thing happens, it begets another thing, and it's, this is the complimentary football has not was not there this game, and I think that they they are acknowledging that. Now you got to move forward and throw your counterpunch because the rest of the NFL has seen on film multiple times where your weaknesses are. Hey, can you turn it around? And is this locker room strong enough to turn it around? As we've been talking about the culture and all of the stuff that they've built, this is this is when you put up or you shut up, and let's do it. I agree. And I love that you mentioned, uh, I literally have written down on my paper, this is that time of the year. So I love that you said that (laughs) because it's true. This is that point where the injuries kind of start to rack up. I think the Cowboys have been really fortunate to avoid major injuries mm. so far this season, but guys are nicked up. <laughs> Crazy enough, you yeah. did deal with major injuries, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you've you overcome those. Sorry to interrupt you, but you no. have overcome those, and now you're in a point of the season where it's like, okay, you're mildly, you're pretty healthy. You should be able to put it together. Yeah. So this, they're going to have to come together, have those conversations, and, and see if they can move forward. Yeah, um, you took the words literally right out of my mouth. <laughs> no, 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 I love that. But what I wanted to mention, too, to your point, Jess, uh, one of the main guys in the locker room who was speaking up on that word accountability was Micah Parsons. Mm. And I just think, I, I know we speak a lot about how impressive of a, a gentleman mm-hmm. he is, not just as a player, but as a person. 
But to have a guy who is in his second year of his NFL career stepping up and point Blake saying, we have to fix this or else. Yeah. I think to me, that is the ultimate ultimatum because, you know, this morning we're listening to the fans as Dak and all the guys are passing out food. And what are they saying? Oh, we'll see you at the Super Bowl. We can't wait for you to be at the Super Bowl. To get to that Super Bowl, you got to have accountability. So my question to you ladies is how impressive is it to have a guy like Micah Parsons who is leading the charge in your locker room saying, hey, we got to get it together. Like, not just me, not just you, but all of us. We got to get it together if we're going to get to that Super Bowl. I'm not really surprised when it comes to Micah because Micah is naturally the lion and the lion takes charge. The lion is leading the pack here. I'm not surprised. And I think what I really appreciate about Micah Parsons is, yes, he is a second-year veteran. So most of the time, you know, Within any culture, within any team, it takes a little bit of time to settle in to grow that leadership. But what he does on the field is just so impressive. It speaks for itself. His work ethic speaks for himself that he doesn't have to necessarily speak up and say these things. So I I believe when he does, it's kind of commanding the attention of the room because Micah Parsons, for the most part, is a pretty quiet, pretty you know, pretty laid back guy with with little to say. It's it's impactful when he does say something. But when you have him saying something like that, it's now or never sink or swim. Period is what he said. Uh, Period. We got to fix it. Period. That tells you the severity (laughs) of the issue and the immediacy that this team needs to put on capitalizing on, you know, scoring drives or run defense or penalties, things we've echoed for the last 10 weeks. We are halfway through the season, and it's the same issues of the Cowboys defeating themselves. I think it's it's so frustrating, I'm sure, for us to watch, but 10 times more, if not a million times more frustrating for the guys in the locker room that know that they are better than the performance that they put on in Green Bay. So looking, listening to Micah, um, I think maybe my perspective different. I think I think he was speaking for, he's speaking about himself as well, like oh, yeah. the accountability and things like and things like that. Because when you look at even him on tape, you can definitely tell he's he's dealing with some things. He's trying to play through some things. And I don't know if this defense has had a guy just in in a while just say. I mean, Tank will say it also, but I don't know if we've had a guy come in here and just say like, this is what needs to be done. This is the problem, and bring it to the forefront like that. But I I think that the self scout for each individual player is important right now. And so listening to Micah in his interview, it sounds like he's taking accountability. But overall, the the message is out there. It's clear. These guys know and are very aware of what they need to work on and what they need to fix. And let's see. Like, that's why I'm at with it. (laughs) I agree. Now, the Cowboys, of course, not the only team to lose. This weekend in the NFC East, Uh, the seemingly untouchable Philadelphia Eagles did pick up their first loss yesterday. Dak and Zach Martin. (laughs) Oh, we are shady on this show. Cry, Eagles, cry. (laughs) I've waited to say that. Dak and Zach both saying this morning when they were asked about it, you know, they said, did you find yourself rooting for the commanders yesterday? And with no hesitation, y'all both of these men said heck yeah heck yeah we were rooting for the commanders I think everybody in the country was rooting for the commanders and so I love that we are all rallying we were all um, bandwagoned Washington fans only for yesterday because we do see them later this season but uh, as we wrap up this first block guys 
what does that loss signify, not only for the NFL, but for this division? How does it open things up for the Cowboys to maybe make a more of a run in the division title? Does it at all? Uh, what's the significance of yesterday's loss for the Eagles? I think pers- perspective-wise, just like the Cowboys and just like we talked about with other teams in the NFL, people are figuring out the Eagles. And the the commanders played the Eagles early on in the season. They allowed nine sacks. They got tore up. They came out this game. They found things that work for them. Also have another guy at quarterback. And what I'm what I, I say that to say that they are another team. I think the Eagles are starting to get figured out. I think this is, and with the NFC. There are other teams in the NFC that maybe are trying to figure it out or they're waiting for injuries. I, I think that this last night was a very good example of it could be any it, it could be anybody at this point. Who is the clear and definite I don't know powerhouse in the NFC? There ain't one. Everybody has things that they do well and things that they don't do well, and I think it shifts into perspective. Like even though, like even though we as Cowboys, you know folks, humans, are, you know, beating up on the team right now, you look around and you say, everyone's trying to figure out something. So I guess it kind of, again, like you were talking about, centers you and lets you know, okay, well, there are things to work on and things to get better for everyone. But also, this next two da- two games for the Cowboys, I think, are going are gonna to be very important because the Vikings and then also playing the Giants again, those two NFC games could shift the tide for you in, in standings and stuff. So it kind of things kind of broke a little bit in the NFC yesterday with the loss of the Eagles and people seeing that they are beatable and have been for weeks. Oh, she's been saying this. Aisha's been <laughs> Aisha preaching said, but this. I won't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think is very interesting about the Eagles' loss is it signifies that you can, on paper, be considered the best team in the league, and if you don't show up to play and win that game, and you're not the better team that day, anything can happen. Mm. I don't think anybody expected Washington to be the one to— I will say my dad did. And my dad oh, has been adamant dad. about saying that he, my dad said he would picked the commanders Thank to you. Win, so okay, so can you please tell Sutton. your dad to pick the Cowboys for the rest of the season? <laughs> Go buy a lottery ticket. Do anything he needs to do today. That, but I, I think going back to my point, it proves that you can have all of this talent and all of this hype— surrounding this any team first really. time and first time <laughs> let you know what let them enjoy it it first was time. it was short-lived but welcome <laughs> you still don't get a guarantee at the end of the season mm-hmm. there's still a lot of football left to be played this is the halfway point of the season yes, ma'am. to where things can quickly turn tide and nothing is guaranteed for the eagles nothing is guaranteed for any team that doesn't play their best football every single time they play. If they don't play complimentary football, if they start letting their weaknesses be exposed, things can change quickly. So I think it was just a very realistic, I don't know, point of view that nothing is guaranteed for any team in this league despite how good of a start that they had. Because who knows? Maybe the Eagles will lose every single game All right, coming yes. up. Nah, here you go, girl. <laughs> But Dallas I can, Goddard, I can dream, y'all. I think everyone would appreciate it. <laughs> Dallas Goddard went down in that game. So that it seems huge. like he has a shoulder injury. He is their safety blanket. Mm-hmm. Such a big part of what they do offensively, so keep an eye on that. But they they also, the Eagles lost um, Jordan Davis a, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and that has really shown in their run defense. So just like the Cowboys, y'all got some things y'all got to clean up. So it's, 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 it's really up in the air, and it's 
I think it's just very healthy for the NFC East to be competitive again. Like the NFC Beast, is I more like it. See, the, I just be, I think that's pushing it, but I, it's not. I, it is absolutely not pushing it because in what multiverse of madness would we be talking <laughs> that the Eagles were undefeated up until this point? I mean, come on, and that the the Commanders broke that streak, and it's just so much madness going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not on the NFC beast train not, just yet. Like, yet. I, I want to say that they are not the NFC least this season. Mm. But I think to be beast, like when you think of beast mode, it's like you've been dominating for a while. And that Marshawn Lynch's nickname, How beast about mode, baby beast. NFC maybe beast I like maybe better. beast there we go <laughs> maybe beast so the <laughs> NFC maybe beast uh, had some shakeups yesterday we're gonna get more into the matchup with the Vikings and the Cowboys coming up in our third block but it is hot seat Tuesday everybody we've got a very special guest sliding into our fourth chair today when we return here on Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. We've got a very special guest in our hot seat that we will get to right after Jess. Let's talk DCU holidays. Give the gift of the Cowboys this season with a Dallas Cowboys United membership. Gift your superfan an annual fan club membership and a fan pack as little as $20. Tis the season, everybody. To learn more, head to DallasCowboys.com slash United for more info there. Love Thank that. Thank you so much. This is quickly becoming my favorite 
day of the week because we yeah. get to know so many boss babes in this building and we have another spectacular boss babe with us today. We've got Stacy Bowers, the Director of Operations, Vice President of Hospitality and Y'all, she's the CEO of the Cowboys Club. So when we talk about boss babes, Stacey, you are setting the tone for Running us. Running Woo! Thank you. I appreciate that very much. It's quite the introduction. Hopefully I'll be able to keep the hype. <laughs> I just want to start with getting to know you a little bit. I read, I was reading your bio, I think that Audrey sent us, uh, and you've done a lot of incredible things to get to this point. Uh, give us the spark notes of what you've done and just your incredible journey to get to the Cowboys. Yeah, so I guess my journey started in hospitality about 30 years ago. I typically don't like to say that number out loud, but for, you know, just for years' it's, sake it's and, and experience, <laughs> it's totally fine. I started when I was two, so that's good. Um, but, you know, 30 years ago, <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went to school at, at Texas Tech um, and fell in love with finance. And then shortly after my freshman year, I fell in love with hospitality. Got a side job as a hostess at a restaurant called Crawdaddy's can't imagine that that was my path. <laughs> but one day the cocktail waitress didn't show, then the bartender didn't show, and then all of a sudden the assistant manager didn't show. And I stepped in, I said, put me in coach. And then through the rest of my career in, in college, I continued to study finance. I wanted to be an investment banker. Wow. And uh, live, live in New York, work on Wall Street, all of the above, and I didn't do anything with that. <laughs> I quickly got out of school, went back to my hometown, which was Austin. I was born, born in Princeton, but raised in Austin, um, and then started this journey in hospitality and happened to be in the right place at the right time always. So kind of, I'll give you the cliff notes because it's kind of a long span of time, but I started at Hotel Zaza, helped conceptualize Hotel Zaza, was there for about seven years. Then I was handpicked by Tom Colicchio, who is on Top Chef. He's a restaurateur, he's incredible. We were gonna butcher it so bad. We were I was gonna add that into the intro, but we were we all three had different ways of saying that, yeah. and yes. so I was like, we're not gonna touch it. Yes, I'm glad I was able <laughs> to clarify this. <laughs> Mr. Colicchio. And I was with him for 10 years. Um, and I was in Dallas. I first started in Dallas with him. And then one day he called me and said, I need you to resign. And I said, well, that's a strange way to have me fired. And he said, no, I'm going to move you to New York. So I moved to New York. And then that just started my wheel spinning of being something bigger than I thought I could be in Texas. Uh, was with him for 10 years, and then Soho House came knocking on my door when I lived in L.A. It's the number one private social club in the world. It was probably the biggest job that I thought I was going to have until I started here. Um, and I was with them for five years and traveled around, opened up new houses. My favorite part was opening up the house in Istanbul, which was really, really incredible. I spent a month there and then came back here. I spent about a month taking off to figure out if my path needed to continue in hospitality and got a crazy phone call and realized it was the Jerry Jones for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> asking me to move to Frisco. And I thought he was talking about San Francisco. <laughs> Until he started talking about the demographics, and then I realized, well, this isn't the San Francisco I know. <laughs> then flew here, and seven years later, I'm, I'm sitting in the hot seat. So that's how it started. That's incredible. Oh, I have been to Soho House in Miami. Incredible. And it was, I mean, Miami is Miami, right? But Soho House, it just... It has a way of making you feel expensive. You know, like you're in there exactly. and, you know, the, the menu is bougie and the lighting and everything. <laughs> so 
It does I've have that effect Soho. on everyone. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. Miami's one of my favorite houses. It's, oh, it's just, good. It, the vibe is just really cool. I love it. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your day-to-day operations here, because I know you have a lot of titles. So how do you split your time up within your different positions? Yeah, so all of those somewhat fit under the same umbrella. So it all is encompassing everything that we do at Cowboys Club. And Cowboys Club was this blind venture that we had no clue if it was going to work or not. We had sold 732 memberships prior to the doors even being open and the concrete being poured. And then now we sit at about 1,600. I typically don't say those numbers out loud, but, you know, with a podcast, I certainly can. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my day-to-day operation is, is, is very different. And I think the reason why I fell in love with hospitality is every day is, is not robotic. So I could be hanging with members. I could be doing a tequila tasting. I could be Ooh. talking to someone about how we roll cigars. <laughs> <laughs> talking to a player about planning their wife's bridal shower oh. or any of the things that are going on that are kind of underneath the umbrella of, of Cowboys Club. And it's 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 a lot, um, but it, it makes the days go by really quickly, and it's certainly rewarding when you walk out of this building. Yeah. When you look at your career so far, because I'm just so enthralled in, in all of the incredible things that you've accomplished in your career so far, and I say so far because I truly believe the sky's the limit when you have this kind of attitude and this kind of passion and love for what you do. Do you ever stop and take a moment to look back at everything and say, wow, I really did that? And how do you, or what is your message for anybody who maybe have had those setbacks and the highs and the lows of their career that, like you said, never thought that they would get to be in this position or any kind of bigger position than themselves than they thought? Absolutely. I take I take a ton of moments to reflect. This is new for me. Um, I guess over the past 10 years, I've, I've reconfigured my brain a bit. You know, when I first started out in this business, it is it is a business that is male-dominating, yeah. for sure. Uh, Welcome you, to yeah, Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I learned that vulnerability wasn't a thing. And I learned <laughs> that you should be silent. You should just take the hits and, and keep on going. And then 10 years ago, and I was somewhat spicy prior to the 10 years but became extra spicy I guess 10 years ago (laughs) and realized that vulnerability was something that I needed to take on Mm -hmm. and also teach people around me. I have this really incredible platform that 75% of the staff up at Cowboys Club is female and that was very different than my philosophies prior to working at the Cowboys and Soho House. And so what I would say to anyone is definitely take those moments to reflect because I'm often the person that walks in and says, oh, the light bulb's out here. Uh, We need to clean this carpet. We need to do this. Adjust the candle. Fluff the pillow. Instead of taking the moment and saying, wow, this place is really beautiful. Mm. Um, And so I practice those moments, and sometimes I have people that help me practice them. Uh, The team that I surround myself with is, is really magical when it comes to that. But I think the best thing for me is I've always created the seat for myself, and I don't know if I built it myself or stole it from an office and pushed it into another office. But I always created the seat for myself. And I said, my goodness, if I'm not going to do it, no one else is going to do it. So I created the seat and didn't ask for permission. So if I were going to give any kind of advice, that would certainly be it. Oh, I love that. I love that. I do too. I'm, I'm over like, here like, that. That's so good. That's a bar. Give me chills over here. <laughs> and I didn't ask for permission. <laughs> Fix me. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole Look. bar. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I, I heard you talk about, you know, working under the chef. At, say, say it again. Tom Colicchio. Colicchio. Mm, Colicchio. Yes. Tom Colicchio. Um, 
what was that like working on there it go i was yes. waiting for it like it was what in, was that like it was intense um i was living in texas hadn't didn't travel much when i was living here in dallas um way back when and when he moved me to whenever i first got the interview they actually interviewed me in new york and i had lost my keys in the cab oh. i left my bag in the cab so it was a true new york experience <laughs> And I remember walking into the kitchen, and every kitchen, typically every kitchen in New York is in the basement. And they were calling it Satan's Den, not because of Tom Colicchio, because of another chef that was working there, who is now one of my most favorite people in the entire world. That's normally how it (laughs) goes. goes. Um, But I had envisioned, you know, plates flying, and, and that world was very much accurate. And I fell in love with it. And then I said, oh, I want to partner with the people that the the man who people are essentially afraid of and soften him up a bit and so that created a really cool experience for both of us and it lasted for 10 years and and all of the chefs that I worked with I still talk to this day so it's been it's been a really incredible relationship but it was intimidating I remember my first day at a pre-shift in New York and they were talking about spotted prawns and Shannon Blanc and I was this 20 something year old girl from Texas and I said I hope no one calls on me because I have no clue what they're talking about. So honest. And that day I went home and I bought a food lover's companion. I bought a book about wine and I just dove in and and fell in love with food because of him. Um, and so my love affair started with food with Tom. So and and I knew him prior to being on Top Chef. So that was a really interesting transition, walking into a room with 600 people and him looking around saying, who are they looking at? And I was like, it's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he's a chef. And chefs are typically socially awkward. And they take a back seat. And they're in the kitchen. So it was it was really incredible. I actually executive produced a couple of the shows, too, because they happened at my restaurant at the time. So it was oh, wow. really, really cool. Look at her just sprinkling. I mean, just like, adding on. all what of these you, things in. How do you do your resume? Does it fit on one page? Yeah. You, it's so funny. It's supposed to. It doesn't, I'm sure. <laughs> it's so funny that you ask, because I've never had to do a resume. People have always said, I want her. I want her. And it sounds sounds crazy and not meaning to toot my own horn, but my goodness, yes, but it was, I've never had to write it because (laughs) my, my, exactly, um, never had to write one just because I believe that I've been in the right places at the right time. Amazing. That's encouraging. Sorry. No, I just, uh, you mentioned about 10 years ago that your spice level went up a notch. And I love that. One of my favorite people in this industry is Tashara Parker, who uh, does traffic at one of the local news stations. (laughs) And I think she's very similar to you in that regard. She doesn't tone her spice down for anybody. Uh, And I try to... I think we all do a good job of doing that here on this podcast as well. But for you, someone who went through that transition, what was the moment that you kind of said... I'm going to be spicy because that's who I am. And do you remember what that transition was like or what made you go over the edge of not really caring? Great question. It is a good question. I think that there's multiple ways to answer it. I think that there are several defining moments that led up to it. So it was kind of sweeping everything under the rug. And then one day I tripped over the rug and I said, "Okay, today's the day. I don't remember what day that was, but I remember having a conversation with someone and them telling me, don't wear your hair back. You're looking too intimidating (laughs) and don't do this and do this. And then I was like, I'm going to be unapologetically me. And if and if it's cool for someone, awesome. And if it's not, that's okay too. And I'm not for everyone. But I believe that Soho House gave me that voice. Uh, and they also allowed me to be creative, which in this business, you're typically not creative. You know, you have a script that you're given because you're running a place for someone else. And so Soho House gave me that creativity. And then being at Cowboys Club gave me a bigger voice and said, 
no, you you write the script and we'll follow. And that is unheard of. And so moving me from L.A. to Frisco was was that defining moment of saying, well, I think I think I'll be able to do this and be trusted. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you talked about tapping into your creative side because I'm reading your, your bio here. What was it like for you to leave your fingerprint within Cowboys Club and help really dig into that creative side and let that just be fully embraced within this organization? It's, it's pretty special. Walking through that space, a lot of people even say, you know, they don't even know that it's necessarily associated with a huge brand and or this really incredible family. They say, oh, this is Stacy's place. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm part of the family underneath the same roof. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to have people walk through. All of our members are so passionate about the Cowboys Club and they tell the story. And they tell the story the first day that they heard from me and the first day that they were introduced to the Cowboys Club. So my DNA is certainly riddled through most everything. And how, how the place smells and what music is playing and, and how you feel and how you walk through the space. So it was it was pretty impactful to look around and go, wow, this is my home because I spend more time there than I do at my actual home. So it's lovely. I'm just blown away with you, Stacy, And I think yep. it's so important. Every week we have, I think, a guest come on our show and the reoccurring theme, and I love it because it's kind of the theme of our show is what you just said is women being unapologetically themselves, you know, using the platform and the space you're in, whether it's social media, whether it's hospitality, whether it's merchandising, uh, to really put your stamp and put your own um, sort of spin on who you are as women. And I think a lot of times, the, I love the create the collective eye roll that we did when you mentioned that someone told you you had to slick your hair back because I think yeah. all of us have had an issue where someone told you how your hair should look or what your makeup yes, should look like absolutely. or what your clothes should wear. So I love that that's your identity. Um, tell us a little bit more about the Cowboys Club and, and what it offers and, and how you've kind of seen this project come to life. Yes, it was, like I said before, we went into this completely blind. We had no idea that people would buy into it. We certainly knew what the star would do for any kind of brand because it's just that magical symbol that that turns to gold uh, and or silver, let's say. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, I mean, when we opened, I think that our, our biggest success is, is what we do inside that space. So growing the membership and almost doubling it is is certainly a testament, not only to what we do, but it's the staff that we've have in the space that creates this really beautiful thing. And it's a private social club. You have to fill out an application. Um, what we're doing now is we're only inducting those who are referrals from current members. And we go through the application process, see what they bring to the Cowboys Club. And you know the experience is, is for any member and or their guests to feel as if they have a little part of the Dallas Cowboys history. And you know we, we look out into all three fields. So we have the two outdoor fields that members can come and watch practice on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and then also indoors. And we also do high school football concerts, all sorts of different things. And our social calendar is riddled with about 20 events a month, wow. which is which is pretty incredible. And that's yeah. what keeps people coming back. When we first opened, the utilization of the members was once or twice a week. And now it's three or five times a week. So people love it. And it's their home away from home. Last question for me. What are you most proud of and what you've accomplished up to this point? I think, um, in all honesty, I'm most proud of what I'm doing currently and the platform that I'm giving many people um, that haven't necessarily had a voice. Hospitality is riddled with 
um, misfits, and I take that word from Anthony Bourdain. It's, it's a bunch of people who are coming together to feel a part of a family, and we certainly do that at Cowboys Club. We've created this really incredible culture um, that, that brings people together and gives, a, gives most of our employees a sense of place. Um, and that, for me, I fall asleep and put my head on the pillow and feel really good about that. Dang, you, you blew us away today. <laughs> I I just feel so inspired hearing your story Thank and you. your overall message. It's so inspiring as a professional and even more so as a woman to, to see what you can do when you don't let people silence you and you stay true to yourself and true to your goals and goals you might not even realize you had. So we appreciate you so, so much. No, oh thank goodness. you. Yeah. This has been awesome. I'm, I'm a little nosy. So <laughs> yes. before we get out, we, yeah. we go to the next thing. I, I do want to know, like, what's your, like, go-to... I don't know, your go-to entree. Ooh, like, ooh. if you had to cook something, like, right now. Ooh, love that question. What is it that is, That's you? a good, good question. Um, and I'll answer it as honestly as I can. Um, okay, cause, cause I surround is... myself with chefs for a reason. Mm, <laughs> love that. And cooking for yourself is no fun. It is therapeutic for me when I do do it, but it's like a planning process. Mm. But for me, if I were going to go out and do anything, sushi is always my go-to. Oh, okay. Delish. Yes. Sushi's Simple. always my go-to. Simple. So good. Clean. Yes. That's it. <laughs> Sushi. Stacey Bowers is not for everybody, but she is for us here yes. on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Mm-hmm. Stacey, this has been incredible. I wish we could talk to you for another three hours. Um, but thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You killed it in the hot seat. We are going to take our third and final break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we're going to get into the Vikings-Cowboys matchup coming up on Sunday. We'll see you after the break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. We are going to go over to Jess for our read. 
two icons, one night. Is that dramatic? <laughs> I was trying to make it dramatic. Music legends Billy Jill and Stevie Nicks will perform at AT&T Stadium on Saturday, April 8th, 2023. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Make sure to go and get yours today. Love that. I'm sorry. I'm still so shook from uh, yeah. our conversation with Stacy, Y'all, I feel like I could run through a brick wall right now. And I, I know we were talking about it a little bit in the break before we get into this matchup. But I think the most important thing that she said that resonated with me and with the rest of us, and I hope resonated with any w- woman who listens to this podcast, is to be unapologetically yes. yourself. I think yes. it is, that is such an important message that, you know, even we hear sometimes because we get the nasty messages from people all mm-hmm. the time. We see the comments that people say about us and just hearing her speak, there was one point when I was like trying to think of a question because I was so lost. Enamored, yes. And what she was talking about. Um, gosh, that That's was... That's why I asked about food because I couldn't think of nothing else. <laughs> That was really, really incredible. Shout out to our producer, Jazzy, for getting that one Yay, set up. That thanks was you, Jazzy. Awesome Give yourself a round of applause, Jazzy. <laughs> you work so hard and, and you do so much for the show. Jazzy sets up all of these incredible guests that we get to meet every week, and we just appreciate you so, so much. So thank you, Jazzy. Round of applause for Woo! our girl, Jazz. Play it, Jazzy. Play it. Thank you. <laughs> thank that is for you. <laughs> We only have a few more minutes here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I want to spend the last segment of this just kind of tiptoeing into the shallow end of this matchup with the Vikings coming up on Sunday. Obviously, a big win for Minnesota on Sunday, taking down the Bills in overtime. Oh, that game. Uh, Insane. That was Insane game. I can't get over the Justin Jefferson just like... OBJ-esque catch. <laughs> yeah, I that don't even know. It, it was similar to OBJ. I think OBJ's was maybe a little bit more athletic, only because he was like behind the head, yeah. leaning back midair. But oh, I Haley, just, don't remind us. I, we well, I just, hopefully he'll be in these Cowboys colors soon, girls. So <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, but I just think, I just I w- the mechanics to be able to just snag that, palm it, whatever. Uh, the point of the story is, is that the Vikings are coming in on some momentum. And I think the challenge in that is you're facing a Cowboys team that is a little wounded. Their egos are a little hurt right now. You get back to work tomorrow. Uh, But obviously the glaring issue in Sunday's game was the run defense. They face another team that relies on the run. Dalvin Cook leads the team in touchdowns with six. That's pretty much where they get a lot of their points other than their kicker, uh, who has 60 of their points this season. So just very surface level, ladies. Uh, What are the challenges up front that the Vikings pose for the Cowboys on Sunday? I mean, obviously, their ability to run the ball. Um, Dalvin Cook is a guy that can definitely get downhill on you quick. They also use a fullback in some situations, too. I think it's Ham. I'm not even in the mood. But, like, yeah, <laughs> listen, they, they do have the ability to run the ball, and even schematically what they do um, running the ball is impressive. So the defense, again, it's out on tape now. People have seen it. Attacking the edges, attacking um, the C-gaps, I guess you want to say. So the Cowboys defense are going to have to come in and just play sound. It sounds so simple. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it is simple, truly, to just play your gap, play your assignment, and flow as the defense flows. Guys are just going to have to key in on their matchups. But from that standpoint, I, I know that they have the ability to pass the ball. At this point, it's clear that teams have a game plan plan for them to try to run the ball and hopefully use the pass off of that because Justin Jefferson really decided, hey, I'm going to take over this game. And he did last week. Mm -hmm. And he's coming off of that high. Just like that, actually. He's coming (laughs) off of that high. The matchup with him and Trayvon Diggs is going to be 
Insane. So, like, we're just getting ready for next week. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. How did my, you uh, do that? I know, oh, I have sound like you. Oh, no, I can do so much with my voice, guys. If all else fails, I'm going to be a voice actor. But then also, I mean, I, that. I was military. I, we we have to be able to project. Like your so. ranges. You know, what I, I think is going to be a very interesting test for this Cowboys team going forward is, are they going to defeat themselves? Because at this point, that is what it is. And it comes down to small things that miscommunication was one of the biggest things we all saw during the Green Bay game. Is that communication error going to be fixed? Or miscommunication, I should say. Is... The, are the penalties going to be another thing? And I know y'all are so sick of hearing me talk about penalties, <laughs> but truly, truly, I I believe this is a game that just showed why it's so important for those pre-snap penalties and the discipline to be locked down in and honed on a little bit more instead of playing out of those emotions that much. You have to take it down a notch and control the emotions. I love, play with the emotions. Take it all out. Get the win. But take it down to a level where it's not clouding judgment and it's not making those pre-snap errors happen and the pre-snap penalties that are defeating themselves. So this Cowboys team is going in there with a bruised ego, which I think is good for this team. Mm. Because without, look, let's say the Cowboys beat Green Bay. Ego a little bit bigger, head a little bit bigger, head a little bit higher. It would be a very different conversation. We would be having a very different conversation all week about that about that game. And really, to be honest, I think they just needed a little bit of a reality check. So you think the loss came at a good time? I do. I do. Because you look at the rest of the schedule, and I sure as heck do not want to be talking about losing to the Vikings. I think that can be a big ego boost for them. I sure as heck don't want to be talking about losing to the Giants. And I sure as heck, oh, more than anything, I do not want to be talking about losing to the Eagles again. I don't want to talk about that. So I think now is a good time to take a step back, reflect, and hone in on the immediacy that this Cowboys team needs to finally quit beating themselves and fix the issues that have been glaring at them in the face the entire season so far. Last question, and I'm going to go to Aisha for this one. We've talked about the run defense needing to be shored up. I think that's the language surrounding it. If you're a coach and you're out at practice tomorrow, what are you looking for? What are the keys to doing that? How do you fix the Cowboys' run defense? Uh, truly, I think it starts with self-scouting, as we talked about, is like, what is your assignment on this play? Making sure that gentlemen know what their assignment is. So I think I, I, in practice, you know, going through the plays is fine. What, what I'm seeing is, do you know what you're supposed to be doing right here? Do, do you know which gap is yours? More importantly... The, the effort there, like the coming downhill, the 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 ferocity of this this ferocity of this defense Ooh, has, has declined. I mean, you over here, it's immediacy. Like, I know, I know, I know. She did say <laughs> immediacy earlier. I was like, ooh, I, I said two words in here. But the ferocity of this defense, <laughs> like the aggressiveness of this defense is being taken advantage of. Mm. And so I think, it, I know that it is difficult for them to simmer down and to figure out how to settle in and, and be able to use their superpower. But at this point in time, it starts at the simple things, the little things, just the tackling, no more leaky yardage, the guys falling forward. No, wrap up, finish finish the play. Yeah. Like, finish execute. The, diagnose it, execute, finish. And so these gentlemen are, it's kind of redundant, but 
it's like starting from starting from the bottom, starting from the simple thing. So if I were mm-hmm. a coach, which I'm not, but if I was, I would start at the simple things and starting to simplify what they are doing defensively as a whole because it's so many complicated things, so many moving parts, and I think guys are just a little overwhelmed on what their assignment is. And moving forward, I think that would help this run defense a lot. I hope that was okay. That was perfect. We will see if the Cowboys take this. Toot your own horn. Aisha's... Yeah, yeah, to your own horn. Uh, We will see how this pans out starting tomorrow at practice. The Cowboys with a little bit different schedule to uh, adjust to the shorter week next week. So a little bit of a wonky week, but we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about this matchup. We'll get into the offense, the defense, special teams, all that good stuff. But that's coming tomorrow. That'll do it for us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!